If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you and a great Erev Shabbos it is. Parshas Kisita, Tisha, and also it's the Shabbos right after Purim. It's also a Shabbos that has a special name. It's one of the four special Shabbatot. It's Parshat Parah that we'll talk about soon. But as I mentioned, it's a Shabbos after Purim. And I hope each and every one of you had a truly joyous time. Joy in the fullest sense of the word. Joy that's uplifting. Joy that brought your soul into a conscious level within your mind and your heart. I hope you had a spectacular time with family and friends. You heard the Megillah. You fulfilled the mitzvahs of Purim. And Purim was all that it was meant to be in every single aspect of your life. Purim, of course, is this incredible, incredible festival. Festival of transformation, a festival of miracle. A festival that not only is celebrated on one day in Israel and certain cities, it's celebrated in Yerushalayim on two days. But it's a festival that enables us to continue throughout the entire year with a powerful flow of joyous energy that comes from above. It awakens our soul. It energizes our soul. It takes our soul and makes it very, very real in our lives. And I hope that each and every one of you had that opportunity. Because this is a time that we need joy. This is a time that we need a tremendous amount of happiness in our lives. It's a dark world out there. It's a world with an incredible amount of challenges, general challenges, personal challenges, challenges on so many different levels. And when we have the opportunity of receiving, taking this incredible dimension of joy, we should do so with every ounce of power that we have and to retain it and to allow it to continue to influence our lives. And it's so important that it comes right before this Shabbos, the Shabbos of Kitisa, when we read this Parsha, a difficult Parsha, a complicated Parsha, a Parsha that in many ways boggles the mind, a Parsha that contains a story that is so utterly confusing, that is so utterly devastating, that if it wasn't written in such detail in the Torah, we would never believe that it could have happened. But it's also Parshat Para. And what is the story of Para? Para is the law of the red heifer of the Para Aduma. And what was the Para Aduma? The Para Aduma was that incredible, incredible gift that God gave us that was able to transform an individual from a state of Tumah a state of spiritual, <coughs> excuse me, impurity, of ritual impurity to a state of purity, a state of spiritual insensitivity to a state of sensitivity. Now, Tuma, as we've often discussed in the past, is not something that we fully understand. It's not visible. It's not something that can be dealt with, with well, antibiotics or any other type of medication. It's a spiritual illness. It affects us at a level that we cannot see. 
But what it does to us is that it deadens to a large degree our ability to function on a spiritual level, to function on a level that our heads, our hearts and minds are dedicated to godliness in a true way. And we often don't realize that we are in a state of tumor. And tumor can come about as a result of a great many reasons. Coming into contact with a dead person. Situations that bring about tumor. But tumor is something which encompasses the individual in a negative state. And the whole world can be in a state of tumor. All of creation can be in a state of tumor. And this is something that we have to be very wary of. Because very often we think to ourselves, how is it that despite our very best efforts, we can't seem to go forward with a sense of purpose, with a sense of joy, the important mission of life, of fulfilling God's will here below, is something that is not clear. And the answer, of course, is because we're in a state of Tumah. We're in a state of ritual, spiritual impurity and insensitivity. It's like getting a Novocaine injection at the dentist. We can't feel it. We can't feel. And when we can't feel, we don't really know what's happening. What is the Paradama? You went through a process, turned it into ash. And when the Kohen applied that ash to the individual, it elevated him out of the state of Tuma and returned him to a state of Tahara, of purity, of sensitivity. Things began to look differently, to feel differently. Sensitivity returned. Spiritual sensitivity returned. This is what the world needs now. This is what each and every one of us truly needs. This is a time when we have to look for the idea of the Paraduma, the red heifer. The idea of doing something that enables us to feel properly, to think properly, to understand properly, to know how to discern between right and wrong properly, to know how to identify that which is correct and that which is incorrect, to know how to see those dimensions of life which are so important to us so that we can make decisions that are clear and positive. We live in a world of darkness and confusion. And what the Pura Aduma does brings back the idea of clarity. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We were talking about Parsha Farah, and the Parsha itself, Kitisa, begins on a similar note. When Moshe is told by God that when you are going to count the people, they must each give a half shekel. And this half shekel will be counted in order to know how many people there are. And it was discussed a couple of weeks ago on Parshat Shekalim. But this is not only an instruction, a method by which the Jewish people are to be counted. But as the portion goes on, it says that in order to bring about in order to bring about atonement and forgiveness to their lives. The concept of the machzit hashekel is the idea 
of a Jew who gives something of himself, as we'll soon discover, that brings about the single greatest act, atonement and forgiveness for negative things. Now, each and every one of us knows that no one is really perfect. There are many challenges in life, difficulties, and at times we all make choices that we shouldn't. We all make choices that are contrary to our best interests. People are confronted with situations and often in a weak moment they choose incorrectly. And a moment later they regret it. And a moment later they understand that they made a mistake and sometimes a serious mistake. And they often come to the wrong conclusion, well, too bad. I did the wrong thing. I made the wrong choice. And I have to live with this problem. I have to live with this mistake for the rest of my life. Torah says no. There is something called teshuva. There is something called repentance. And repentance not only brings about atonement, erasing the negativity that you created, but it also brings about an elevation. It takes you to a higher level than you were before. This is the introduction to the Parsha of this week, because as I mentioned before, the bulk of the Parsha deals with a horrific story. A story, as I mentioned, unless it was written in Torah in great detail, we would never believe it could have happened, and that's the story of the Egel Hazaha of the Golden Calf. A few weeks after receiving the Torah at Sinai, the Jewish people build a golden calf, an idol, and they dance around it. And it boggles the mind. How is it possible? So soon after receiving the Torah, so soon after witnessing the ultimate act of God's benevolence, God himself descended upon the mountain. God himself delivered the Aseret and he brought the Ten Commandments. God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, all of creation. All of creation witnessed this incredibly miraculous, majestic act. The Jewish people stood around the mountain, calling out in unison, Na'asev and Ishma, we will do and we will study. And a few short weeks later, they dance around the golden calf. If this happened years later, if this happened in totally different circumstances, even then it would be difficult to understand. But a few short weeks later, and yes, the commentaries explained it was a miscalculation. They thought Moshe would come back after so many days and he didn't. And therefore they said, well, perhaps it's not going to happen. And we're here on our own, etc., etc. However we explain it, it's something which boggles the mind. In many ways, it was the ultimate sin. In many ways, it was a denial of the ultimate experience that they had at Sinai. Now, we often make the mistake of thinking that is the theme of the Parsha. The theme of the Parsha is the story of the Egel Hazab of the golden calf and how badly the Israelites behaved at the time and God's wrath and God's anger at them. After all, how could they possibly turn their back 
on God after having experienced the ultimate miracle of Matantara. But that's not the theme of the Parsha. The theme of the Parsha is what happens subsequent to that terrible, terrible moment. And that is what Moshe, the devoted leader of the Jewish people, does. When God, in his anger, justifiable anger, wants to wipe out the Jews, enough is enough, he says. What does Moshe do? He makes overture after overture after overture to God and brings about atonement for the Jewish people. One after the other. He appeals to God. prays to God. Yes, he says, they behaved badly. But still you are beyond and greater than anything you have within you, the power to forgive, the power to atone. And they will repent. And what do we see is God's reaction. Does God say no? Does God say I've had enough of this people? Every time Moshe asks for something, God gives it to him. And in actual fact, one of the greatest gifts that God gives is the Yudgimu Midot HaRachamim, the 13 levels of divine mercy. The ultimate, ultimate expression of kindness, of compassion from God. That even though we may have sinned, even though we may have transgressed, behaved badly in the worst possible way, God says, I will still find it within me to forgive you. And not only that, but 13 levels, and as the mystical teachers tell us, this is the higher, highest level of mystical forgiveness. This is why a Yom Kippur, which in fact is the essence of the story, we repeat those 13 principles again and again and again. And in the Hila service, we shout out, we sing, we say Hashem, Hashem so many times because this is the gift of God. This is what Moshe accomplished. This is the real theme of the parasha. The real theme of the parasha is the forgiveness that comes. And when God says, I will send an angel to protect you along the way, what does Moshe say? No. We will not go without you. We want you, God, to be with us, not an angel. And God says, yes, I will give you that as well. And Moshe says, show me your face. God says, I can't show you my face, but I can show you the back of my head, referring, so to speak, to the spiritual concept of divine to fill in. Again and again and again, Moshe turns to God. And then he says, to make us unique so that we can survive the journeys of exile, of diaspora. Give us something that will enable us to retain our identity when it's threatened again and again and again. And God gives him that gift as well. So the terrible, terrible Horrific story of the golden calf. What's the end result of it? Gifts that are far greater, in a sense, even than Matan Torah. The gift of Teshuvah, the gift of atonement, the gift of 
repentance. This is what God gives us. And this is something that we have to understand. We have to understand that our relationship with God is infinite. And despite the fact that from time to time, every one of us can behave badly. Every one of us can make choices that we wish we didn't. But there's always a way back. There's always a way to return to Hashem, and Hashem receives us with open arms. Look at the Parsha. Look at the words. Look at the exchange between Moshe and God again and again and again. Every overture that Moshe makes, Hashem responds. And he reaches higher and higher and higher and asks for more and asks again and again and again. And God gives him whatever he asks for because Moshe is asking on our behalf because we too can do the same thing. Despite every failure, we can dust off those negative things, stand up again, and ask God to forgive us and return to his loving arms and continue with a rich and powerful expression of our total and complete identity as Jews. And this is what Parsha Kitisa is all about. The power of Teshuvah, the power of atonement. This is the half-shekel. The half-shekel, yes, of course, it was a method by which the people were counted, but that's not the underlying aspect of the Parsha, the underlying aspect of the Parsha as the half-shekel is kapara, atonement, elevating. And what is the word kitisa? To elevate. And what does elevation mean? Elevation means to stand at a higher level. To see things from a different perspective. To see things from a level where, well, you're not limited by circumstances that are crippling. By circumstances that are so, well, limiting. But to stand up and take a deep breath and to begin again and to begin at a higher level. And this is what Parsha Parah is all about. To transform from a state of Tumah, of spiritual impurity, of spiritual insensitivity, into one of spiritual purity and spiritual sensitivity. And while we might think that the world is so dark and the world is so horrific, and the world is so full of negativity, we have the capacity not only to overcome it, but to change it all within ourselves and within the world. All we have to do is look at this parasha. All we have to do is to look at what the para aduma, the red heifer is. We can overwhelm the golden calf. We can transform it. We can be higher. We can become sensitive and strong. More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the Parsha. We're talking about Kitisa, how Moshe brings about these incredible gifts from God, atonement, of forgiveness. We're talking about the Paraduma. We're talking about the half shekel. But let's talk about the Paraduma again. And look at the actual words, how God says to Moshe and to Aaron, Zot Chukat HaTorah. This is 
the law of Torah. Now one can simply say, well, he's just introducing the law of the Torah Adumah. But the terms Zot Chukat Torah, this, this is the, the law of the Torah. What is the Torah telling us? That somehow contained within this mitzvah of Paraduma is the key to all things connected with Torah. What we spoke about before, Teshuvah, returning, transforming from a state of negativity, from a state of weakness, from a state of impurity, from a state of insensitivity, to a state of greatness. How do you do that? How do you do that when we don't have a temple and we don't have the Paraduma? This is why when the Torah speaks about the mitzvah of Paraduma, it prefaces with the words Zot Chukata Torah. This is the Chak of Torah. What does that mean? The mitzvah of Parah Adumah is completely super-rational. It cannot be understood. Even Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, the wisest of all men, said, I delved and I delved and I delved, but I couldn't fathom the rationale behind it. Because it's beyond reason. This is a decree from God that has to be fulfilled simply because God said, this is what I want you to do. Does it make sense in rational terms? No. Do we understand it in rational terms? No. But this is what God wants us to do. And this is the key to Shuvah. This is the key to connect. You have to realize that we have to do that which God wants us to do simply because God wants us to do it. Yes, understanding will come at different levels. Rationale will come at different levels. But the key, the entrance, the foundation of how we connect with God is doing that which He wants us to do because this is what He wants us to do. This great commitment, this great sense of loyalty, this great expression of we are committed, this is the important aspect of Torah mitzvot. The powerful faith and trust that we have in God. To do that which He wants us to do. And this is what keeps our identity alive throughout all the challenges of the exiles, of the diasporas, of the difficulties that we go through, we retain with a tremendous sense of Amunah. The irrational, super-rational laws, this is what keeps us going. It's not because we understand, and understand we can on so many different levels, but ultimately, reason and intellect will fail us. But this profound sense of loyalty that comes from doing the right thing simply because God told us to do it, not because we understand it, and not because we find it satisfying necessarily, but simply because God told us to do it. This is the foundation that gives us the ultimate security in doing that which has to be done. And this is why it's so important, particularly in our day and age, when there are so many crazy challenges to who and what we are and to the most basic of our Jewish laws and identity. 
And we can't argue because once we argue, we can lose the argument. We simply have to say, this is what God wants me to do. I live my Jewish life the way my parents and grandparents and great-parents, all the way back to the patriarchs, this is what God wants me to do. So when you're in Shul the Shabbos and be in Shul the Shabbos, they're taking out two Torah scrolls, two Sifrei Torah, one for the weekly reading of Kitisa and one for Parashat Parah. Listen carefully. Listen carefully to the story of the Golden Cap, but don't stop there. Listen more so to how Moshe communicates with God and somehow draws out from God again and again and again more and more powerful divine gifts of atonement and forgiveness. Listen carefully because it's talking to each and every one of us in a personal way. It's a great Shabbos, a Shabbos of tremendous opportunity. Let's not waste it. Let's use it. Have a good Shabbos.